welcome back to Monorants, the podcast where we talk soups, we talk vat, but above all, we talk about the boys. I'm one of your hosts and jack of all trades, Mono, and with me, as always, is my co-host and master of none, Kira. Yo! This week, we are mostly going to be ranting about season two opening episode, The Big Ride. <laughs> yeah, big ride, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a very Irish uh, term. <laughs> In fairness, you stumbled and that was all I could think of. Yeah, well, yeah, for our non-Irish listeners, Big Ride is a, a very attractive individual. Yeah, he's a big ride. <laughs> he's a big ride. And <laughs> so, ride has an O in it. It does, yeah, R-O-I-D-E. <laughs> <laughs> but as ever, we will be talking comics and we will be referencing ahead in the show, so spoilers ahead. So the the writer and director team for this episode were ones we're both familiar with, with Kripke writing and Phil Segrishia directing. So I'm not going to bother going into what they've done, because we know what they've done, we've talked about what they've done, and, and that's enough about that. I will say, before I go into the summary for, for the first episode, um, it's worth watching if you haven't the little short vid- videos. Butcher short film. It's, it's about five minutes long, and it just fills in a little gap between the ending... The cliffhanger of season one and... His return at the end of this episode. Of this episode. Yeah, it's just what happened to him. Yeah, and there's the the one or two little kind of like Voss videos and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, the employee onboarding one is the best one. Yes, dude, that, that's hilarious actually with all the, the superheroes doing their like really twee corporate speak. Oh, the whole thing is if you've ever had to sit through any sort of, especially any sort of American company... Yeah. employee onboarding you'll get it straight away it is just cringy and horrible <laughs> yeah but well well worth a watch if you have your amazon prime subscription and there has a few things like that as well that they've been doing between season two and season three they've had their uh Vought news network seven at seven i haven't segments. actually watched any of those i've watched a couple of them and we'll probably talk about them after we get through season two yeah but as for this episode, um, if you want a summary, well, if you want a summary of what happened for the first season, go back and listen to our first nine episodes of the podcast, <laughs> or watch the first two minutes of this episode. As for a summary itself, uh, the boys are back for season two, trying to stay under the radar. Butcher is MIA, but Huey wants to keep fighting the good fight. The soups are in the army now, and Deep finds religion. Or it finds him. Homelander lays down the law with Ashley, but Stan Edgar shows us who's really the boss. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I'm a little bit confused as to how much time has lapsed between the events of season one and the events of season two, because it's not clear whether it's like a couple of weeks or I don't think it's a couple of months given the events of the Butcher short film, but it's still, that doesn't still, um, uh, yeah, I'd say doesn't at, clarify. At most, I'd say it's a couple of weeks. Yeah. If not, I could just a couple of days. Well, in fairness, they've had time to film a reenactment. Yeah, they've had they've had time to fill a reenactment, but it's still fresh in the news cycle yeah. and being reported on regularly. Uh, so I I would assume yeah, it's only supposed to be a few days. Yeah, at you know minimum well, it and a few help weeks maximum. That the cold opening of the season is somewhere a, a desolate base in Syria being invaded by Black Noir. Yeah, but we've already seen Homelander go in, so yeah, they're already. They were no, already that, doing that, operations. That, that doesn't give you any sort of time frame, though. It's just like, here you go, here's Black Noir. Oh, yeah. Proving just how freaking lethal he is. And again, I, I would assume it's only, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's only supposed to be a few days. Yeah. Because if if from the end of season one, when soups have been allowed into the military, they'd probably want to have that meeting that we see at the start pretty quick to hash out all the details. 
Yeah. No, it just, it's not very clear and it's a little bit, it, it did annoy me throughout the episode because... Yeah, you, like, do, you get just, the sense... It just raises all these questions about... From what's going on with the soups in the military and Homelander, you get the impression it's been like a couple of days. But when you're with the boys in their dingy little hideout with the Yeah, the it Haitian feels like kings, it's been a couple of weeks. Or, or longer, yeah. yeah. Feels, you get the impression that they've been there for weeks or months. Especially from the way like, Huey's Huey looks like he's been looking. kept under a rock. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it is, it's a bit vague. But yeah. I, would, I would assume a few days to a few weeks. Okay. Well, that aside, um, opening sequence with Black Noir absolutely decimating everybody in that place. Yeah, in, uh, in a cuff. beautiful, stylish manner, done to choreograph beautifully to um, Simsy for the Devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just number one. Anytime you see Noir getting to do anything, it's either hilarious because it's completely out of character for this insane ninja turtle looking motherfucker, <laughs> or it's just him being very, being a, a fart basically, being silent but deadly. Um, <laughs> But it it's nice to see him kind of being showcased a little bit it's more. It's the as most action. It is the most action that, that you've seen, seen out of. And you get a little bit of personality at the end where he picks up the bunny and he's making those weird grunting noises. Where he's and shaking it in front of the little kid yeah, to be like, it, no, I won't like, hurt you. It, is he at, like, is there actually something wrong with him? Because he, oh, doesn't he, make, talk or not? Yeah, yeah. he doesn't make any sort of actual coherent sense. They are very much like grunts. It's... Mm. It, it, I'm not going to make the noise because... Yeah, no. no, he grunts and stuff, yeah. I don't know, we... yeah. The way he turns around, though, when he crouches down to pass the bunny to the kid because there's this little kid who's just sitting there after watching him presumably decimate his entire family. You know, years of trauma going on there. Oh, yeah. But when he puts the bunny down and then just swivels, still in the crouched position... He's like... And walks off? He's like somebody imitating human movement yeah like even when he when he meets Annie the very first time and she like he puts out her hand to shake yeah, yeah she just, just kind of stares at, at it and then stares at her and then walks off yeah he it's <laughs> Blacknor's weird Blacknor is weird <laughs> I love the in that scene the balls on Stan Edgar when he's just dictating all the terms to the fucking Bobby Singer the oh, you jumped ahead of scene. Oh, okay, the sorry. whole boardroom scene is intercut with oh, intercut with Black Norris running around. It? it is. All right. In fairness, that when we watched this episode, I was what awake for twenty odd. Too hours? many hours. Yeah, a long time. <laughs> but we watched it like well, I've watched it three times. I know you watched it probably one across the three. For some bizarre reason, in my head, the Black Noir sequence is one sequence, and then the boardroom sequence with the oh my god. The the lawyer from the very first episode who's and off sandwiches. No, yeah, but he's the guy who's like gone off to offer Huey all the money in yeah. season one, and he's the guy who's like now giving all these like Air Force generals and five star generals their lunch. Are you confused by this? I'm I'm a little bit confused. I am. My you, brain hurts. You answered this yeah, yourself off air because he's got to be there because it's obviously it's a confidentiality. Yeah, it's a confidential situation. meeting, yada, and, yada, and he yada. obviously knows things about being confidential if he gets people to sign NDAs so yeah. that, that's why they've got him there being lunch boy yeah but yeah no Stan Edgar is just the balls on Stan in that scene yeah no it's <laughs> nice to see more of Stan Edgar um obviously getting to see Jim Beaver in anything it's always great yeah fun. and I love the fact that he's always like Bobby or Robert, or Robert Singer, Singer in yeah. some yeah in some way shape or form he's always Bobby Singer also the use of the phrase cone of silence 
Just, <laughs> yeah, it's officially just, speaking, uh, zero. <laughs> Code, Code of, of silence, silence? 34. Like, it's I, just I part of that corporate bullshit fucking Oh, it is, but discourse. more importantly, a third... A third 34%, of people, yeah. <laughs> that's acceptable casualties for well, them. Well, we've already seen the fact that they have these sponsored fucking victim. Oh, names. yeah. So they're like, yeah, we just fucked people up. Like, we've already seen the fact that Homelander has zero aim, possibly decimates every toilet he's ever tried to go near. Well, now, in terms of, of Homelander's aim, he's, you're going to hate me for this because you know what I'm going to bring up. Uh, you're going to bring up that fucking scene that I hid myself into my own hoodie because I didn't yeah. want to watch it anymore. Homelander, Homelander exercises uh, amazing restraint um, and, and care in healing up that bottle. I have of, a whole rag prepared on the, <laughs> that, that scene. Of the milk scene? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that they're, they're basically getting the military to allow them to have such a massive casualty rating it, Stupid. Well, they're they're in now. Yeah. And when they're in, they get to dictate their own terms. Yeah, which like is, as, yeah, as they're Stan oper- points yeah, out, they're operating as a military contractor. Yeah, so as Stan like, points out, military contractors don't have to obey chain of command. So why should they? They're essentially mm-hmm. just another military and contractor. Also, you find out that that's their you know that's their standard rate on contracts in every major city in the U.S. Yeah. So they really do not give a fuck. Yeah, they, it's. You get to see just how brazen they are yes. through the detail Stan gives and just the way he's acting in that meeting. Like, he's just, he's dictating all the terms and. Also, Robert they're Simmons having just, it at the big table. All, all the big meetings seem to happen at the big table. The big it's, table. Yeah, it's, it's, it's their power move. Yeah. <laughs> Even signing NDAs apparently happen at the big table because yes. that's where Huey was. Intimidate everybody. It's in, a it's in, a good introduction to like what's going on so far. They're they're in the military. Well, I mean, as we've seen, also they're cleaning up their things. own mess. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> they don't need Nikib. What is it? The slogan he's trying to come up with for the t-shirts because they're talking about when he's burning truth. Burning truth is what it. he says. Yeah. Because um, they are actually like developing merchandise, which I thought just thought was kind of sweet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh look, he had hopes. Slice. <laughs> That's a big fucking knife as well. It's a kind of fat bloke that he sticks it through. Yeah. And, and there's a good couple of inches of blade sticking out the front of his chest. I think like, it's more of like a Gladys. I don't know. It's yeah. a big fucking knife. It, it, that's not but a knife. No, that's a spoon. The, the opening scene, <laughs> scene or scenes I, I like because the flow of them was really nice because you have the, the intercutted scenes between the boardroom and, and Blackmore's mission. And then it cuts into a Homelander updating people of the status of Black Noir's mission at Translucent's funeral. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, we're really, really proud to announce that, you know, Translucent's just taken out this, this super... I love the fact that he gets in super villain. Um, yeah, super terrorist. Well, super villain, villain is the only real right word or whatever. Yes. But yeah. Um, and then it pans out and it, there's, number one, a fucking bloody Snow White coffin next yeah. to him. The last <laughs> coffin, which is see, like completely, either it's empty or they just not put translucent in clothes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we know it's empty because... He's everywhere. Yeah, he's he's in little bits. But, but the implication <laughs> is that he's naked in the coffin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's definitely the implication is that if he were there, he would be naked in the coffin. Yeah. <laughs> but that is... That it just if if that was really really weird, it was like oh yeah we've gotten this great news. Meanwhile, we're here mourning the the loss of this guy, and his like son is in the front fucking row. Everything Vatu is a performance. Mm. 
So if they're having a public funeral for Translucent, it's it's a performance. Yeah. Oh, the and speech that Everything he gives. that's part of it has to be, you know, positive for Vought and spun for Vought. Yeah. Homelander also is about as subtle as a brick to the face. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the whole the whole opening, because then even from the funeral, we get intercut deep in the bar. Oh, and, shouting at the screen. And Huey watching watching on his, his mobile phone. Yeah. Well, number the second issue I have with the funeral is number one is, is Scar- Starlight. Can you get her like a morning outfit, something like just cover her butt? She's in a church, <laughs> and I'm I'm sure she must have felt incredibly uncomfortable herself. Anyway, number two, Erin Moriarty can sing really, really well. Yeah, because that is her singing. That is her singing, and uh, Billabus to her for that. Yeah, even though she definitely. looks like a because she's got like the hairs really big and that like they've gotten yeah. her a better wig. And yeah, she just, unfair. yeah, it just, she, oh, it's hilarious with the, the, the hand glow when she's like, oh, the crescendo. Yeah, yeah, the crescendo, yeah. I love as well when they come outside and they're doing their interviews as if it was just like, you know, a red carpet cinema premiere. And oh, and he holds his hand out and they hold hands and the whole crowd goes wild and she's, you know, they're basically all doing the thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. And when they walk up to the guy who's interviewing them and both go, David. <laughs> yeah, because it's the Vought News Network. The best part of that entire interview is the fact that the ticker changes before they say the, what they're, before they actually say the sentence. Yeah, the little, the, the sound bites that come up in quotes come up before they waves. actually say it. Yeah, it comes in waves and the other one is, you know, we're a family. That Starlight says, but it literally comes up before she even says the words the at sentence, all. She says, uh, we're not just, he's like, oh, this big guy here, he got us together and told us, we're not just a team, but we're a family. Yeah. But it changes to the quote, we're a family, when she says, we're not just yeah. a team. Yeah. So, I, again, Vought, totally controlling the but narrative nice around to, all of their own events. But also, it's nice to see that they're playing in these little, almost like slip-ups, like they're trying to cover up what's going on mm. and can't quite keep up with it <laughs> yeah there's a lot of small little details like that in this episode especially based around the tv spots and stuff and mm. when stormfront shows up later on oh um, that's like when she's on when she's doing she's like an instagram live yeah feed and all the the comments that are coming up all the names basically every single one of them is an easter egg like yeah references to the comics and or earlier episodes or things like things further on in the season but after all of that, I think you, that's when you get the title card. Uh, title well, card comes, comes to, up with Huey. It comes with Huey. Oh, Huey and his, his cot in his dank, dingy basement that's drippy. Yeah, the, the, yeah, that's when we get we and see what the boys like, are up to yeah. as he walks through the, the kind of underground compound of the Haitian They're Kings. staying in a gang headquarters. It's like, are they... It's the Haitian Kings. They're Haitian. Sorry, I was like, I couldn't remember but he's as he's like number one he's had to get washed in a mop sink like he it just the uh, the whole situation just looks dire I'm pretty sure I lived in some places like that when I was in university <laughs> I know people who lived in places like that it's just it's dank it's damp it's horrible they're walking through there's people dismantling weaponry yeah there's somebody MM's getting taking, stitched yeah he's stitching up somebody in the corner t- taking a guy taking a bullet out I think yeah um, the whole thing the female's practicing her handwriting while she's learning the alphabet which is nice I I actually there's, I really liked a bit as he was walking through there 
and he leans in to the female yeah. as she's doing her like her her workbook and just, just has a really nice you know kind of looks at her work and smiles as if to say you know coming along really nice and she gives him a really big warm smile yeah. back and it's just it's a little small bit but I just I really like it she's actually in that whole episode she's the only one who doesn't look like she's been put through the ringer she looks like she's come into herself more well, th- yeah things are getting better for her yeah whereas like <laughs> Huey looks the worst Huey looks like he's been left like under a rock for about three weeks he just looks pale and sickly and sweaty and kind of sticky the rest of them are used to sim- you know conditions like that she grew up in a terrorist camp. Uh, Frenchie is a, a gun runner and, you know... Smuggler uh, of various... Like, yeah, everything he does is illegal. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, it's also you get to see Cherie. She's That's a good back. point. Yeah, yeah, we see Cherie there in amongst them with the guys. Yeah. Like, and MM, again, has dealt with situations like that. Yeah. But Huey, this is all new to him. <laughs> so he's making his way out and he's stopped by MM who's like, where the fuck are you going? Yeah. And he is the best excuse ever, which is, I'm going to get you more Purell, because <laughs> M.M. is obsessed with Purell, and you're starting to get more and more of his OCD tendencies are starting to come to the fore. Yeah, we and see a lot of it this season. When he's doing the dollhouse, and he's got the little straight edge, and everything's getting to, everything has to be yeah. perfect, and then he's literally bathing himself in hand sanitizer. But that's, yeah, that's kind of all of our, our catch-up in those first few minutes of the episode, of... What everybody's general, been up to, yeah. what they're doing now since, yeah. Well, um, Huey and then Huey, Huey goes Link, off to meet Annie. Yeah, he's he he Annie. Uh, you get Annie back in the vault tower, taking off all the shit. Yeah, getting into normal clothes. Because she, she goes, you get a little A train update because yeah. she goes to see A train still in a coma. He's um up. intubated. He's yeah following his massive heart attack. Bought on by the abuse yeah. in the previous uh, season. So you get a little update, a little nod to what he's doing as well. Then we move things forward with the, when they meet up on the train. Yeah, so they, they're taking kind of great stealthy measures to meet up, which for Annie, honestly, she could have done with a better disguise. Just get a different, get a wig for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. Wear baggier clothes. You're a tiny, tiny human. Yeah, it just uh, don't stop outside. to stare at the giant <laughs> yeah. billboard of yourself where she's yeah. lying there being all like, Cran never looked so good. <laughs> or no, sorry, it's Justice never looked so good. Yeah. Like, don't stop and stare at it and take your sunglasses down and be looking all dodge. Yeah, but they do seem to be taking steps because she was like asking her about, you know, snapping SIM cards on burner phones yeah. and that kind of well, thing. Well, she knows now as well that she's chipped. Yeah. Mm. That they, there is well, a she knows they're all chipped. They're all chipped, yeah. So they meet up on the subway. And he gives over. They have a kind of a quick conversation about how great she looks and how shitty he looks. Yeah. And Huey gives her over a... Like a file. A file on somebody, yeah. And she says that it's somebody she knows. From her from, capes for Christ's yeah, days. Yeah, from her capes for Christ's days. And so they've presumably worked out some little plan, some genius scheme amongst themselves between her taking the fall... Well, them leaving the warehouse. Yeah. Because that's the last you kind of see of her. Well, presumably she told Vought, me and A-Train went there to stop the breakout and these guys attacked us and got the better of A-Train yeah. and I stayed with them and 
you know, they escaped, but I stayed with Adrian to make sure he was okay. Yeah. Or some story like that. Yeah. She certainly seems to be back in the graces and from what we saw at the funeral with her in her fancy costume and, and singing songs about translations. Yeah, she's playing along. She's playing along now. Yeah, well, the also, the sorry, the start of the boardroom sequence, they're changing out the big statue. Oh, the big mural, yeah. The big, the big, the big statue they're putting in. Putting Annie. in a, a twilight, but there's a, a twilight? Twilight. <laughs> a starlight. <laughs> a starlight statue and taking out lamplighter. Yeah. Although they're going to have to take out translucent and they're going to have to take out but deep. Um, no, they don't have to take out translucent. He's got no head. You just put a new head That's on him. That's a good point. Because <laughs> the translucent one is literally just like the costume. You just have to put a head on him. Yeah, no, that's a fair point, all right. And speaking of the deep. Oh, the poor deep. Yeah, his meltdown. Here's the meltdown where he's scaring off kids and telling them that they don't know water's not supposed to be fun. You don't You've know never been like. to the Mariana Trench. I have severe questions about his anatomy. If he has been down to the Mariana Trench unprotected, he's not got bones. Well, He's probably supported by a system of fluid-filled sacks. <laughs> he's kiff. He's kiff. He's definitely, his powers are definitely more impressive if he can survive the Mariana Trench, all right. Yeah, well, like, number one, I'm always trying to work out how the gills work with the neoprene suit. Like, does he have to, does he strip off when he's underwater? You get so hung up on these things. I do. <laughs> I'm just, I want to know how he works. Well, like, I j- he's got gills. The gills allow him to breathe underwater. I know, but how does he survive the pressures? Because even, I... like, normal sea-faring wildlife can't go Superpowers. down Superpowers. That... Well, is he constantly being crushed? Oh my god, is he a wraith? Is he constantly being crushed? Because wraith can go through like deep pressure. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think he's a sci-fi alien from another galaxy, from another sci- sci-fi franchise. He's he's got superpowers. Okay, just leave it at that. I know. But yeah. also, when he's getting bailed out, why is he gooey? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on did not mean move on to another part of the deep's anatomy. <laughs> He's extruding goo from somewhere. Homelander drinking the milk. Oh god! Oh god! Yeah, can we move on? No. <laughs> the deep has a meltdown, gets arrested, and yeah, gets bailed out by Eagle the Archer. And the meeting between the two of them is fucking hilarious. He's like, Deep's like, who are you? He's like, we well, met. Well, it's a fair question because the way he asks him it is like, why Why did you bail me out? Like, what do you want? Well, you no, know, he says, he, he asks him who he is. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, for real, we met like five times at VodCon. Well, first of all, he calls him the wrong name. He does. He calls him Ravenwing. Yeah, and he's like, no, it's Eagle. Eagle, Eagle, the, Eagle Archer. the Archer. Yeah. We met like five times at VodCon. You know what? You know what? It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not important. <laughs> You want a fresca? Yeah, I'll that, well, that's a fresca. how that's how he introduces. That's how it starts. He goes, "Hey, man, want a want fresca? fresca?" Yeah, it's the like first thing he says to him. Like you would lure a small child into the back of a white van with frescas. But, but something. No, but it's it's not the fresca so much as the tone. Yeah, no, he it's it's a very inviting yet suspicious tone that yes. he uses, and you know, yeah, says to the deep, like, look, you know. Yeah, even heroes need saving sometimes, or something along those yeah. lines. Says he's bailed him out. Says he's there to help. And we see him waking up on Eagle's couch later on and apologising for the bathroom. Yeah. And then he turned around there's just another woman sat there. Yeah. <laughs> Watching him sleep. That's it. That whole sequence does, it's creepy and it's weird and it's kind of Stepford-y. Because oh, yeah. you can tell, like, before 
It's like, number one, okay, you're kind of over-friendly, and I get that you're trying to be nice, but it's coming across as creepy. Yeah, and then the other shoe drops when you find out what it's actually about. And, yeah, well, she makes the, the woman, Carol, who sat there, he's like, oh, you know, she helped me when I went through my darkest time, and you're like, oh, is this some sort of weird intervention? And then she drops that lovely little gem about therapy being more destructive, destructive. than it actually, you know. Yeah, I know so, therapy's so destructive. I'm more of a teacher. Yeah, and it's like, oh, hang on, what? Yeah. yeah. You've been on the cuckoo, like, what? what's going on here now? And I'm totally in with Deep's reaction on this. He's like, no, fuck this shit, you're yeah. weird, you're weird, I'm this out of weird. here. I'm gone. And they go for the one thing they know, that, like, they manipulate the shit out of him by being like, oh, we can help you get back into the seven, this is the one thing you want. Deep, like, bless oh, his yeah, little that's, cotton that's socks, what he, wants he to is hear. naive as, he's like... For all of his, like, worldliness, mm. he's naive as fuck. Oh, yeah. And it is, like, she basically presents him with this book that is essentially Scientology. Yeah, The Church of the Collective. Yeah, it, but, yeah. It becomes it, it, very clear very quickly they are a, a Scientology stand-in. But then it all suddenly all makes sense that the way that they're behaving and the fact that they all seem to use frescas... Which, for some bizarre reason, I don't know why it's fresca in particular that is ringing bells, or this, like, one type of soda... Is giving me real strong Heaven's Gate vibes. Nobody from the production of the show has explicitly said it's supposed to be a nod to Jonestown or to Heaven's Gate. But Fresca's most popular flavour is a grape-flavoured drink. And the Kool-Aid that they handed out at Jonestown wasn't Kool-Aid, it was Grape-Aid. So I, I, I'm positive it, it, I, it's, it's, well, a, it's, a, it's a drinking the Kool-Aid Jonestown reference as far as I'm concerned. I don't care what Heaven's anybody says. Heaven's Gate also, that mm. was a Kool-Aid. In, yeah, it was a, it was a, a yeah. drink with. Well, Heaven's Gate was voluntary. Jonestown was a mass murder. So I'm kind of going to go with Heaven's Gate. Definitely. But it's definitely a drinking the Kool-Aid reference. Yes, it is. Um, but then but they are so very much giving you that, the, the overwhelming culty everything's great vibes mm. and it it makes it makes sense then they're like well why why did they come up because they saw an opportunity yeah here's a superhero who's down on his look we've already gotten a few of them yeah we can get this and this is a very high profile one mm. we can get him in maybe we can turn him around get him on rehab and, and make a big what's the word well, that was it. I was return. trying to work out like when Eagle's telling his story about how he hit rock bottom and it's basically that he ran out of arrows <laughs> Yeah. I was like, what? What other superpower does he have? Does he just have really good aim? I I was gonna say I think it is because he makes a mention when he's talking about that that you know he lets he said it letting fly his arrows and his aim was perfect and I'm I'm assuming if but if he can't even fight hand to hand he's he's a shittier Hawkeye. Well, yeah, like that's <laughs> the thing. Hawkeye's not superpowered. But so far in The Boys, we haven't met any non-V-powered superheroes. superheroes. Like, Mesmer didn't seem to be super strong or anything like that, but he had his superpowers. Yeah, well, he didn't need to be super and strong. He's like espionage. Blind spot that we see later in the episode seems to just have super hearing, and other than that, he's a really good martial artist. Yeah. So, is yeah, is that what Eagle the Archer's power is? It's just the, insanely good aim? Yeah, like, obviously they have these various tiers of them, depending mm. on how is it like, is it just period dependent on how much V they've been dosed with at birth? Is this a Brave New World type thing where the alphas get the most and then the, as you go further down the casts mm. and, and they multiply them out to make and multiple twins? Pop-claw. They They're less powerful. 
And we saw Popclaw as well. But she had just had those bones for us, but she didn't seem to... Like, obviously she was yeah. super strong because you could see her powerlifting when she's on her mad when she's on the beam. yeah. <laughs> and she's powerlifting stuff. But, yeah, there's a couple of them in this this season that I'm like, what are your powers? Well, let's let's just go with extra good aim for, yeah. for him. But aside from that, like, he seemed to be fairly shite as a superhero. <laughs> yeah, well, but that's... They always kind of... The, the, the archery, the non-superpowered archery hero always is kind of a bit of a gag. Like, there's always Hawkeye gags and there's always Green mm. Arrow gags. You know? Well, and I fair, think they're, they're just them, playing that up. None of them have whipped out a boxing glove arrow yet. When I <laughs> yeah. see one of those, I'll be happy. Even though he seems to have, like, he had his issues with arrows, when he came to get the deep out of jail, he, he had his quiver on his back and he had his, his bow with him. Yeah. <laughs> So the church obviously helps him regain his confidence in arrows. What black man who's <laughs> armed walks into a police station in Sandusky, Ohio? Well, at least he was in the outfit. That's probably yeah. the only thing that saved his ass. That's probably it. Yeah, they went. Oh, it's a superhero. I hadn't copped that he actually walked into the police station with his weaponry. Yeah. The, no, yeah, he has the arrow and the yeah, the, no, the, it, the it just it just the over the head. And yeah, it wasn't until you said it, I was like, hang on, he walked into a police station like that. You're probably still thinking about deep goo. I was probably still the goo. The goo. Where's the goo? no? <laughs> We're done talking about the deep's anatomy for today. <laughs> Let's talk about gecko's anatomy. I'm sure you have questions about gecko's anatomy. I do have questions about gecko's anatomy. The but the profile that is given to Annie January to go and investigate is a character that is referred to as Gecko. Yeah. He can regenerate limbs. I had a lot of questions. I'd completely forgotten about part of it. Then realized that he regrows them almost almost immediately. Like yeah. it takes like a couple of seconds, but they're straight back. So she goes basically to find this guy. She takes a taxi ride there. In the taxi, there's an ad. I, oh, there's tons of ads. There's an ad. Number one, her mother is texting her because at the end of the last season, she had a massive blow mass, yeah. with the ma. And so she's been getting, the mom's basically been love bombing her with text messages and being like, I said, I'm sorry. Why can't you just forgive me? Yeah. You know, please call me. I still love you, Jelly Bean. And like, she's, she's really going for it. And Annie gets is being annoyed by that, being annoyed by the ad that's being played in the back of the taxi. Cracks your man's fucking TV. Yeah. I know you're pissy, but don't wreck his property. Yeah, just, I'm sure there's an off button. Yeah. Just ask him to (laughs) switch off. Just ignore it. Yeah. Sleazy Motel. I am sure this is not the worst thing that Sleazy Motel has ever witnessed. Oh, no, I wouldn't think so. So she finds him and whatever John he's picked up because he's working as some sort of weird S&M hooker, gore fetishist. Yeah, he's letting people chop bits off him for money. Yeah. Because uh, he grows them back. So he's he's providing a service to all those wannabe serial killers out there. It's like, here, come, have a go, you know. What, Don't... see if you like it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, I was saying that's going to be a really, really weird either Craigslist ad or he's posting on, like, Cannibal Cafe. Because <laughs> yeah. he's, like, every cannibal's wet dream. You can just well, keep does... slicing bits off him and eating them when, and you're happy out. When your man asks if he can keep it, oh, he yeah, says, he's yeah, like... just keep it refrigerated. I have questions now about freezer burn. <laughs> well, he didn't say put it in the freezer. He said keep it refrigerated. Yeah, but, you know, after about a week, it's probably still going to go off. Yeah. Then you've got to explain... Or will it regenerate into a whole new gecko? Will it grow from the arm out? No, I think you need the brain stem. Which also leads me to ask, how many bits of him can you remove until he won't grow back? 
You can definitely remove his dick because he offered that for a thousand. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm wondering, can he take him all the way down to like a head? Will he grow back from the head or does he need like the torso and the head? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, what, how What's far? the limit on how much shit can I take off him before uh, he stops regenerating? I'm sure Vod have done that to him. Well, he says that. Yeah, he says he's that. He's just a lab rat. And they, they hack bits off him to see how long it takes to grow back. Yeah. So, but she's, she basically has gone there to to collect blackmail material to use against him. And she films that, number one, you're ever in a hotel room and you are conducting yeah, illegal activities. Close the curtains properly. Yeah, close the curtains. <laughs> yeah, because she films them through the curtains. What I love is the fact that it's the back of Gecko's head. So how can you blackmail somebody when you can't even see their face? All you can see, basically all that video is incriminating, is the guy who's chopping his arm off. <laughs> yeah. You... Unless she kept filming and you see the yeah. arm regrowing. Presumably she did. Yeah. But well, yeah, you'd hope you... so. <laughs> so. There's hardly that many superheroes who can regrow limbs. And your man, the pure ecstasy on your man's face after he, like, while he's wielding that machete, well, yeah, chopping at your man, uh, at his arm. But yeah, when Gecko, he's like, oh my God, that's amazing. It's such a rush. And Gecko's like, yeah, extra thousand, let you chop my dick off. <laughs> yeah. I feel I feel really sorry for Gecko in this episode. Yeah. Because like, it's not the, the most fun existence he's got going on. He's a lab rat who sells body parts on the side, essentially. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I feel sad for him because when, when Annie comes to see him in the cafe later, he's... Oh, in her coincidental run-in with yeah, him. That's and, totally planned. Yeah. Oh, and she just blackmails the shit out of him. Like, she goes stone cold on him at the end of the conversation. Yeah. You know, when she's like, see, another lie. Now you need to do this thing for me. And he's like, I'll fucking do that. She's like, well, you're going to do it or I'm going to fucking put this shit up online. And she's going to put like, it on Facebook. He's just like, I thought we were friends. <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of getting used by everybody. Um, uh, but he seems to he he seems to have the you know the the number you know he knows what Vod's number is. Yeah, and he's a realist about it because like when they're talking about their old capes for Christ days, and she says why she never got with with big game is because of what Ezekiel and and the rest of them were saying about yes God, the child so snatcher that is Ezekiel. <laughs> yeah, and his response is yeah it's pretty fucking it's pretty messed up shit to tell kids. That is pretty... Oh, oh it is. Don't do but this he, shit because there's a big man in the sky who's watching you. Yeah, he watches and you when all he's, the time. Yeah, when he's talking about her being in the 70s, like, Vod, I'm reckoning the shit out of you. And, like, yeah, he just... He seems to be far more realistic. And he, hmm. He's not as naive as Annie was. Well, if, if he's in uh, as well, he's, like, a lab rat for them. So mm. the scientists don't seem to have any regard for their creations as oh, actual God, no. people. So oh, God knows what he's heard as well, like what presumably what the character would have heard over mm. time. Well, he knows about V. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> like when he, she asks him, he... he he's like, I to, can't get that. Well, he tries to feign ignorance, but then he's like, yeah, he obviously knows what yeah. he is. And very few superheroes seem to know what V is. But yeah, so she sends him off to, to collect some V for him. Yeah, well, they they want to take Vought down from the inside, but apparently Vought's trying to take itself down from the inside anyway. Well, yeah, you do. You've you got, see there, there's, there is very much an internal power struggle. You've got Homelander now who's starting to, like, who assumes he has free reign with the death of Madeline. Yeah, well, Ashley comes back he, thinking he, she's in charge. Yeah, well, she's got she's gotten Stilla's job. job. She's remodeling her office. We have the that scene that makes me want to throw up in my mouth where you've got Homelander walking around. Now he does I actually quite like the fact that when he's gone through the box and he picks out the photo, that's the pair of them and he does look at it 
mm. very like with with some fondness. But then he goes over to her fridge, and in the freezer is stop it! Why are you doing that? Disgusting. I was doing my best impression. Oh no 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 no! Number one, yeah no it oh <laughs> oh god! There's <laughs> breast milk. He basically takes out a little small like eight ounce thing of breast milk out of the freezer, and then as previously discussed, uses he he control. He, yeah, he heats it up with his laser eyes, which just means he has complete disregard for human life because the bastard hasn't aimed at anything prior to that. Yeah. <laughs> With, or with any sort of control. He's just like, I'm going to laser the fuck out of you. Yeah, no, Homeland, and, Homelander wants that bitty milk a lot more than yeah. he cares about anybody's life. Yeah, it just, it's the little, like, tongue to- Like, just drink the, like, it. Why? Why does he just take the top off and then, like, lap at it like a cat? Because it's a completely and sexual thing. It is, because the noises he makes just make me really uncomfortable. And then Ashley walks in. And he gulps the whole thing down and is like... Yeah, no, he's kind of laughing at it and then he starts to gulp it down and he's making, like, sex noises. And the way she opens the door because she's hanging onto the door frame and it just swings open and she's Mm. like, hello, it's you. Yeah, she's presumably going to go in and be like, ah, my new office, but walks in and Mm. Homelander's right there. And he's having a bit of a panic and trying to wipe it off because I'm just, I'm really glad he did. If he'd gone through that whole scene with a milk moustache, I think I would have died. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm If she'd been like, (laughs) you've got a little something. So we've got Ashley back, which I'm delighted about because I was... Jora Ashley. Yes, you do. Um, I love the fact that now she's in power suits, but she's still got like funky heels and blouses on I her. I knew you were going to talk about Ashley's clothes. I love Ashley's clothes. I love Ashley in general. She's my favorite. I think she is my favorite of the creative characters for the show. Yeah. I just I enjoy seeing somebody who's like their whole job is trying to wrangle these because she's not it. She doesn't seem to have the control and that out that relationship that Stillwell has with any of them. Ashley's far, Ashley runs around after them. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley doesn't doesn't control them or get them. She to likes do to think she's she's she under runs the illusion that she them. is. She comes in, she has a little chat with him about how it's really sad and they're still trying to find Butcher and then drops the bomb that she's found somebody to replace Translucent in the seven. Yeah, that's when we meet Blind Spot. Who yeah, he's yeah yeah, he's a bit of a shit superhero. He is, no, I I liked that Homelander knew him. He was like, oh yeah, that's Blindspot. That's Blindspot, isn't it? Because, <laughs> I, yeah, Homelander, as as crazy as he is and as fucked up sexually as he is and everything else that's wrong with him, he's not stupid. So I, I get the impression that, yeah, no, he, he watches the superhero community mm-hmm. and, you know, he has a fairly good idea of who's who and where they're going. like. And how can they benefit him? Yeah, which is presumably why he's so annoyed that Ashley has... Yeah, Ashley, as he, they're watching him doing his, all his flippy, spinny shit around the place and she's talking about how he's going to pull through the roof with millennials because he's differently abled. Yeah, and they can find, if they can find a female or an ethnic, or fingers crossed, an, a female an ethnic, ethnic female, female yeah. one, they would be gold. So she's still very much in that mindset and not realising that Homelander is seething beside her as he's watching it. You can just see it like, in his face. He's just... Yeah, you can see he's not happy. <laughs> he's not happy with it. And he's chatting away and he's very patronising. And then he deafens him. Yeah. It, he sells the the kind of like, oh, you know, you're so, you're oh, so amazing. Oh, you're so brave. You're, you're so brave. You're the every, real yeah, you're heroes. A real hero because of everything you overcome. And it's like, 
why does he bother doing all that when he knows he's about to absolutely to fucking destroy this guy? Well, no, but it doesn't. That doesn't help illustrate his point. His point is that this guy can be easily incapacitated, and I don't want to let him into the seven. Mm. Why does he bother having to like big up the guy before? It just it just seems extra cruel to big him up and then be like, "Papa, your life is ruined." <laughs> I just also that the slapping him in the face. Do you remember the tango ad from years back that they had to ban because kids kept doing it to oh each other? Oh my god, I really want to edit that scene into a "You've been tango" ad now. Yeah, no, yeah, but you remember <laughs> You've that. You've been tangoed, yeah, 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 yeah. But Tang- I really want to just edit that in the last... They had to ban it because kids kept doing it to other kids and rough. their I earbuds. know, I kept doing it to other kids. <laughs> <laughs> just, it was an excuse to run up to kids in the school and slap. slap them across the face. For anybody asked, why did you do that? I was like, well, they've been tangoed. Yeah, yeah he basically tangoes them. Yeah, he ruins poor blind spot. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of blood coming and out of his Ashley head. Ashley is mortified and then Homelander... <gasps> Look at Lays me. There. Stop yeah. looking at him. Stop looking at him. Look at me. And she's just stood there. It is. She is just stood there staring. Going, oh my god! And like, kind of looks at him and it's like, oh god, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, but she's never. She's never seen like Stillwell knew what he was capable of. Yeah. The most like angry she had seen him was during the Believe Expo when he found out that Madeline wasn't there. Yeah. When he went, where's Madeline? And she was like, oh, she's not here. And he flew away to go and talk to Madeline. She's never seen him do anything like this. You know, and then he very quickly tells her, no, look, I brought you back because I'm in charge and you're going to be my little spy and tell me everything that Vaughn are doing. You're going to tell me everything that goes on on the 99th and, and I'll be the one who picks. He does everything else. Heroes. I'll be writing yeah. my own talking points. I'll be approving this, that and the other. And that she's basically his little puppet. Yeah, he thinks, right, that's it. Now I'm, I'm going to basically put myself in charge of the company. No, but when he's yelling, look at me, that look oh, at me. Yeah. Look at me. Look, Look at, at him. Me. Look at me. It, it is. It's... Guy just bleeding out on the floor, screaming next to her. Oh, it is. It's it's that whole scene from start to finish is, is just fantastic. But the other kind of big development soup wise in the episode then obviously is Stormfront. Because mm. after you get this whole thing that, you know, he doesn't want. He doesn't want superheroes no. picked for him. For no, the seven. he picked all of them. But they're also still pushing the fact that they're in the military agenda, so they're filming a promo for being in the military. Mm. And we get to see May for the first time this episode. She's yeah. rocked up to do this very cheesy pro-US military and superheroes ad, which is where we get Stormfront's introduction. Because she's like, hey, she just walks on to set. Yeah, and While exposes it as a set. set and there's on... Whichever live streaming platform she's on, I'm not 100% sure which one it is, because all the live platforms all kind of look the same. Yeah, yeah, they pretty much look the same. So she's she's live streaming this anyway, walks up, is told that she can't be there. She's like, oh no, I'm, I'm in the seven. And Ashley's having a freak out and being like, no, it's not. I don't know anything about this. She looks terrified. She looks terrified and they're all trying they're all very, very aware of the fact that she's filming this and they're all trying to hold it together. Particularly Homelander. Oh he's Homelander so wants mad. wants to fly into a rage and freak out, but knows he can't, knows that she's live streaming, so he's yeah. just like, Well you know, and and who told you that you're on the seven? She's like, Oh, Mr. Edgar, the big yeah. guy. Yeah. She was... also gets a little bit annoyed when because Maeve says, Oh yeah, you're from Seattle and she's like, uh no. Portland. Yeah, she she's quick to get in a couple a, a few digs as well. Mm. And or, there's also the your eyes are very very blue. Yeah, comments. it's the first the first hint of what's to come from her. 
but no, when the first thing she says to Homelander is, you know, she's like, "Hi, I'm Stormfront. My nana is your biggest fan." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 a superhero for old people, and then she calls Maeve your highness rather sarcastically. Yeah. And she's dismissive slash antagonistic towards them from the get-go. Yeah. But in that real super fucking annoying way of, well, nothing I did or said was offensive or annoying. And and, and if you took it that way, that's your fault. <laughs> yeah. But the whole thing I did it's, was designed to antagonize it's, it's you. It's incredibly passive-aggressive. Her entire mm. approach to everything is, is very passive-aggressive. And it's, it's all we see of her in this episode. Yeah. Lots more to come throughout the season. But, but it, it leads her on to, arrival spurns a magnificent conversation oh, between yeah. Homelander and Stan Edgar. And it's the first time you get Edgar in his office. It's your first time getting a look at 82. Yeah. Uh, I thought his office would be bigger. It actually looks smaller than Stillwell's. I think it's just longer and narrower. But I, I Lots of paintings. Lots of paintings of ships. Yeah, he I, likes the ships. I really like, he's got this weird horse statue on the side. I know it's nothing to There's do with it. There's a lot going on in that office. It's yeah. a nice office though. There's a big ass TV because it is. He's watching a news report when that we'll return to later. Yeah, when we'll get back to that. when Homelander comes in, he's watching a news report and switches it off, and he's got the portrait of Vogel, but oh, not Vogelbaum, Voice oh, yeah. as well. Because there's a number of like classical paintings, and then there's this one portrait off on its own. Hmm. That's a bit weird. It's like, why would you have the portrait? Why would you have a portrait of an old white guy? <laughs> and then we find out later on in the conversation that it's, it's Frederick. It's Frederick Voss. So you've got Homelander storming in like a petulant child to talk about that girl. Yeah, I think he walks in thinking he has all the cards. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I am, I am the shit. I am Vought. I'm the company. Maybe I'll go somewhere else. My contract's almost up. He is. He's he's being spoiled and petty and trying to get his own way. He thinks he can walk in and and bark orders at Stan like Stan did at the start of the episode. To the, the government. Yeah. The difference being Stan knows how to play the game. Yeah. And he makes that very, very clear. Yeah, it's a, it's also a nice way to give us some of the the actual history of Vought. Mm. Where he's like, oh, have you, you've obviously, you know about our founder. And he's like, yeah, well, I only read his biography like, what, five times. And he's like, no, not the shit we sell to the shareholders. The actual truth. Yeah. The dark, horrible truth, which is that he was a German... Scientist who ended up being a the lead scientist in Dachau. Yeah, he uh, basically you don't know what Dachau is. Just go and look it up. Yeah, he um, basically used the concentration camps to develop V because he had a steady supply he, of test subjects. Yeah, basically, he's an amalgamation of all these of Mangala and all these actual mm. people. But he gets he, Operation Paperclipped over to the other he side. Does like many many others, he got paperclipped out of there. Developed yeah, working quick... prototypes. We get our first reference to soldier. The fact that there was uh, there were heroes there was the suits 40s, fighting yeah. on the Allied side. You've got Soldier Boy, who we're going to be getting in season three, which makes me so happy. Yep. You got your first mention of him fighting. He would have been a Captain America style, arranging the like the forties, yeah, kicking some good old Nazi butt, and that he has received that Vos through his actions has received a pardon. And then develop the company into what it is today, which, mm. as Edgar rightly points out, it's not a superhero company. It's a, a pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical company. And their most valuable thing is their copyright patented secret formula for Compound V. Yeah. 
So it doesn't matter what he tries to do, how many toys he kicks out of the bed. Yeah. They don't need him. Yeah, and it is when he calls him a petulant man child. <laughs> you, know, you petulant man child that you are have released into the wild. Yeah. And Hope Others just scoffs at him because he has no other response. I, I I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, well, let me remind you. And lays out everything that Homelander did. And that and they've been running around. And potentially going to risk yeah. the whole company. And it's such a power move by Stan. Because he's like, Homelander's never been talked to like that. Stillwell used to coddle him and compliment him. And, and, and you know... Mm assuade him into doing whatever he needed to do but Edgar's just like no I do not have time to deal with this sort of shit stop fucking about let me do he super nannied him oh yeah he completely super nannied him it was just like that is unacceptable sit down shut up and eat your peas and as we talked about before when Homelander doesn't get people's love he wants their fear yeah and he tries that with Stan when he says I don't appreciate your tone and Stan's response is I don't appreciate what you've done yeah. And there's no fear there whatsoever. And Homelander just doesn't know how to respond to that. Do you reckon they have kill switches in their heads? Um, possibly. They pop their heads off like melons. I mean, it's something I'd say they will have to address further down the line. That might be a season four plot point. Because I doubt they would let them out uh, into uh, the wild without some sort of control method. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I did, it's it's a logical thing. And the way in which the world of the boys is constructed, it, it would they would want a backup plan. Yeah. So... I think it might be something they address, but I think it'll probably be maybe a season four or five thing. Yeah, for it was just like for him to a bit to address somebody who's as unstable as Homelander appears to be to to address them with such confidence. It's like they they know that there's somewhere they there's either a code word that they say or he's got a little button. I, and, well, I and think, Homelander goes bye bye. I don't know. I think I um, think he's no. I think he sees he does genuinely see him as a petulant man child. Yeah. He thinks he is just acting out because he's not getting the attention that he wants and and needs, and that's why he treats him that way. Mm. I don't think he realizes just quite how unstable he is. No, but it's nice to see some Stan interaction because for the majority of season one, he had been like this shadowy figure. You yeah, meet only him once, see him at the end. You meet him once or twice. You get that beautiful little thing about Homelander X-raying him, and his blood's like tar, mm. and like he's gonna have a coronary, coronary, coronary. He's gonna have a heart attack by the end of the year, which are all they they lead. It you're led to believe that he's probably like this little weak willed mm. CEO pencil like paper pusher, where he, he appears to be extremely shrewd. And confident in his skills as as a businessman and negotiator. Yeah. So it's nice to see Edgar coming in straight out being no holds barred. You are going to sit down and do what I say. Mm. And that is that. And And this this is my house. He's really only in the start and the end of the episode. Mm. But he's definitely one of the standouts of the episode. He really is. And, And one of the other standouts of the episode is definitely Huey. Oh yeah, Huey. Huey Standing gets up for himself. And, Huey and grows a spine this episode. Yeah, he he doesn't want Butcher back and he thinks the fight should keep going. Like Butch he, heads with M.M. a couple of times over it. Yeah, like he's he's going out, he's making all these secret plans to meet up with Annie and he's going off to blackmail people on his behalf to get Compound V. Their initial plan seems to be to release it to the media. Mm. In the meantime, while she's off doing all of that, they've discovered that there's oh, a whole big thing. Yeah. <laughs> there's this. I was trying to work it. Basically, 
So they're staying with Frenchie's gangbanger friends. Yeah. Who are running guns and stuff like that. During the course of this, one of the gangbangers gets quite badly injured and is brought back. And they like when they unwrap it, they're coming in, they're screaming, they're all screaming in French. So they need Tomer Capone there to tell them what's going on. I don't know why I called him to. Just thinking, I was yeah, like, why I was like, just call really him Frenchie? Weird. Yeah, I know. That was really <laughs> weird. Also, Frenchie's little belly shirt with the 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 crossbones bunny on it. Can I have it? I want it. I need it. It's amazing. Uh, also, why is he wearing a belly shirt with suspenders? Who knows? Frenchy. He's Frenchie. He's Frenchie. Yeah. Just go with it. But, but yeah, this they... guy, basically, it looks like somebody... I... If you look he's... like he's had the flesh stripped from his arm. His arm is in bits. It looks like... Do you remember there was that medieval torture device where they used to put... They'd strap your hand down and then twist it? Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like has happened. It looks like like all the bones, the way all the bones and everything are are bro are like sticking out through it. And he's yeah. MM's basically going, I can't help him. Take him to the hospital. Half his ribs are crushed. What the fuck happened? And that's when they find out that whatever they were supposed to be smuggling in weaponry, that has all gone very very wrong. So they rock in. They all hop into their van. child snatcher van. You alternate between loving a loving a van and thinking that it's a pedo van. It is. Yeah, it, it's a great van. It just looks like a pedo van. It looks like those ones that have like free candy written on yeah. them. But yeah, long long story short, they find out Frenchie's gang banger friends have been bringing in people. They've been smuggling in people. And one of them was a soup terrorist who fucking lifts a boat out of the harbour and drops it on a guy. Yeah, that's the, basically this, the, the gangbanger with the broken arm got a boat thrown at him. Yeah. And not like a little rowing boat either. This is like a proper fishing vessel. Like, it's not like, oh, here's a dinghy. Oof. Yeah. He could, he could have gotten a yeah. lot worse off. Yeah, know. like he was still alive. It was, you know, somewhat of a miracle. As they get out of the van, they realise that there's CCTV footage, which is how they manage to see what's going on. And so while they're in reviewing it, the female's out looking around the boat and finds this little small crane on the ground, a little paper crane. Yeah. And takes it off with her. And when they're discussing everything with Frenchie, she's trying to show this to him. And she's written down boy. Mm. And that actually kind of annoyed me, the fact that Frenchie doesn't have the time. He's like, I don't understand. I'm confused. Why are you trying to say? And he's very dismissive of her. And I'm like, that's a big turn there, away from the way he had been behaving towards her. I, I, get, I get what you're saying, but I think he does, he tries to... Like, all she's giving him is one word yeah. and a paper crane. And, but you can see she's very clearly frustrated because she's she not getting is, her point yeah. across and he could have been a little bit more patient with her. Now, I understand that they're all freaking out because not only yeah, are they all over the news, which is hilarious because they have them all named except for Frenchie, who's unknown. Yeah. <laughs> which I love that. I was like, Frenchie's unknown. You know, they're all stressed about the situation that's going on. They can't get through to Butcher. They've just discovered that there's now some fucking... Soup terrorist. Terrorist, villain, whatever you want to call them, running around. So they make probably the most sensible choice. Well, which Huey is to, makes it. Yeah, which is fairness. to contact Rainer. And the the tension between Huey and MM yeah. in this episode is played out really well because you're not... There's a lot of squaring off that's going yeah, on. Yeah, you can see Huey, Huey wants to keep fighting and the other two don't think that he's capable, basically, of, yeah. of leading them. And, and Huey's like, well, it's not about leading. Let's just go out and do it because nobody else is going to do it. Yeah. And I was like, why is MM so angry? And then MM kind of lets out. He's like, well, look, I don't want to get dragged back into this shit. I want to just go and see my family. 
Yeah, and that's, I want to go home. Yeah, and that that's when Huey kind of is able to use that to get them to contact her in. He's like, well, maybe the CIA lady can help us see your family again. As yeah. well as help us with this other problem. And that's what convinces them. Well, what convinces M.M. Yeah. in the end. Well, that's when they do meet up with Rainer. That is the first thing he does kind of throw out there is... It's the first thing Huey says to Rainer. Yeah, yeah, is can you help him? Well, after he asks how his family's getting on is can you help him see them? She's like, well, tell me what you know and I'll see what I can do. Rainer looks like she hasn't slept since like the last season. <laughs> she just is, looks dumb. Well, for her as well, they ha- thought they had fought by the balls and it's all been thrown out and now they're in the military and basically everything she... Oh, that yeah. whole case she had constructed just fucking fell apart. Yeah, but I'd so say she still has to be working on that case. Yeah. Oh, the, she still wants them. She knows. The they Justice, know. Yeah, the Department of Justice know what Vaughn are up to. They just have no proof. They can't say so anything So she's it. probably They've, been looking like crazy, like you said. Part of the, uh, the negotiations that you see with Edgar and the Department of Justice was the the confidential yeah, designation for V. So they can't use any of that. They can't go public or prosecute them for anything to do with that. Yeah, so Rainer's presumably trying to find anything Anything else that they're doing. Before they get their, their hooks further into the government. She's probably trying to get them under Rico, because that would be the easiest way to do it. <laughs> well, yeah. Rico seems to extend to just about whatever you want Rico to extend to. Yeah. Friends. But yeah, so then they, poor Rainer. Yeah, they have the meeting with her, and they give them the full description and everything, and she's like, I'm going to see what I can do, and then her nose starts to bleed, and then her head... Her head goes kasplooey. Yeah, her head explodes. Just, and I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an episode of the boys if Huey didn't get covered in guts and and and, and blood, gore. In fairness, everybody kind of got covered in gore a bit there. Yeah, he seemed to get it the worst. Yeah, it's a sad ending to Rainer. I didn't yeah, want to see her I go. I, I really didn't, liked her. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. I'll be honest with you. I I would have been less sad if somebody else's head had popped. Yeah, like could they? I don't know. I just, I don't like that they got rid of Rainer. I really liked Rainer. Mm. And they, I'm going to talk a little bit about further episodes in the season here. So skip ahead a little bit if you don't want to hear about it. But they introduce, they bring Mallory back. Yeah. And Mallory has a lot more to do in this season. And I feel like they could have left Mallory out of it a bit more and had Rainer do those things. You could have actually had, had more Rainer Billy interactions before you bring Mallory back. Or you could have because, had more Rainer Mallory interactions that or, would have been quite both, interesting. Yeah. You know. But to me, I was kind of like, would the deputy director of the CIA really go to meet fugitives? A, on her own, and, and B, her Give, at all? Well, given, would she not? Yeah, well, send given the nature else? of what they're investigating. Presumably yeah. she would still meet up with them, given that what they're what they're looking into, they were essentially a black op operated mm. under the CIA. But yeah, they could have had, I feel, well, not I feel, I, well, I would have preferred if they had had, say, Rainer show up to the meeting or Rainer say, which is a scene where Rainer is contacted by them and says, I can't go, but I'm sending my closest personal aide who's, you know, working the case with me. Yeah. And he goes and he says, he or she basically says the same or, things as Rainer about, we you know, a little bit about your family and the, you know, that thing about the penny dropping and that's just before she can say anything incriminating, her head gets exploded. Yeah. Have that happen to the other person. Yeah. And just give us more Rainer. I, I just, yeah. I didn't like that they killed her off straight away. No, just as she was revealing some very, very tasty information about the fact that there's a coup going on from inside of one mm. and that it's tearing itself apart and it all has to do with compound B and as soon as she gets to that, that's when her head goes poof. Mm. Uh, and it's something we don't know because presumably what she's talking about is 
the fact that Homelander slipped the V to the super terrorists to allow Vought to get their superheroes into the military. And it's just that she's finally figured all that out. Yeah. And then, yeah, as a result, gets her head done exploded. And, yeah, so, poor Huey, covered in more gore. Yeah. All the, the gore. <laughs> all the gore. All the yeah, gore. Yeah, when they're washing themselves off. Everybody's all lovely and clean, and he's still, like, pulling chunks out of his hair, <laughs> and his shirt's all covered in shit. Yeah, and they're, yeah, they're talking about the consequences and, and what, what what's just happened and what it might mean. And we get a phone call from Annie then. Well, they also, uh, Emma makes a very good point that they're not there for them. They yeah. were there for Rainer. Rainer was the one being watched. And he's like, well, how do you know that? He goes, well, our heads are still intact. Mm. Yeah, because Huey thinks it's his fault. Yeah. And Emma's like, no, look, it wasn't. You know, he's like, that's what I, one of the things I really like about Emma in this episode as well is as, as angry as he is with Huey, he still does have a few nice things to say. Well, to he him. doesn't, he's not going to let him blame himself for something that he hasn't done. Yeah. And you also get the fact that he does have a bit of respect for Huey because Huey's like, just hit me. Mm. You've been squaring up, you've been looking for a fight, just fucking go for it. And that's when he MMO has the bit about yeah. being just frustrated and he wants to go home. And you can understand it. They're all, they all look visibly stressed with the exception of Kimiko, who's like, I just want, well, she is because she knows there's something weird going now on with stressed. this kid. Yeah. You've They're, also got the nice little bit from... MM where he's telling Huey not to get Annie involved with this shit. Yeah. If you like her, don't get her involved with yeah. this shit. She don't and don't, don't drag her down. But also, you know, you've got to, do you like her for her or do you like her for what she can do for you and yeah. stop dragging her back into things? Yeah, so he's still, he's still got the heart. Yeah. I'm still the heart. Yeah. Yeah, because the ending of that scene is the gangbanger being thrown down the stairs and everybody obviously freaking out grabbing weaponry and then you get the boots followed by the glory that is that blue and red velour matching tracksuit coming down Zap Brannigan would approve <gasps> velour Zap Brannigan would approve Zap Brannigan would approve he's not but wearing yeah. tidy whities though well, you can't yeah, by, by the end of the episode daddy's home and Huey's not happy and I it was like... nice to see an episode without him like as much as I like the butcher character he can be extremely grating mm. oh you've also I completely forgot that you've also got that uh, little interaction after Homelander gets the slap down from Stan Edgar he goes off to see Becca yeah I assume he's to see, to the, see Ryan, the kid but yeah. so you've got to wonder what he's doing with that as well. he, he's like well I just got slapped down so I'm going to go off and do something else yeah it, that's it's like he's definitely run away there yeah and um, we don't get any more than that I think it's it's just kind of in there to be like we haven't forgotten it we will address yeah, it just not yeah, in this episode and then, chill out yeah you've got Butcher making his way back and then Huey looking very distraught at Frenchie and being like you why did you call him? We don't need him. And, and then Frenchie's Buster. response being like, you know, it's not a game anymore. And I feel like Huey's not taken seriously enough in this episode. And he is right. He, he, he's the guy who nobody thinks is cool or can do anything, but actually ends he, up being He takes a lot of awesome. shit this episode. Like Annie, mm. Annie very rightfully is giving him shit about how he's lied to well, her a lot. Well, now that's, um, that's the one thing I was going to say. Is the shit he gets off the boys is unfair. He's kind of a dick to Annie in this episode. He is a bit of a dick to her. Like, he is still kind of using her. And he, she's well, she's got a touch of the, well, I'm a, she, you know, because he all hyped her up and was like, you're a superhero. And that's why she comes and she helps him. Because she's yeah. like, I'm a motherfucking superhero. And this is wrong. But I don't think she's so caught up in doing the right thing. She can't see how dangerous it is. Mm. And I think as well, Annie's doing this, you know, trying to take down Vought thing because she knows it's the right thing to do. And it just happens to be that her 
ex-paramour is the person who's helping her out doing it. Yeah. You know, so as far as Annie's concerned, it is just, this is what we're doing to take down Vought. Mm. And she's not really talking about the relationship stuff. But Huey's the one who brings up her being at the movie premiere with... Alden um, there, Alden, Alden, surname unpronounceable. Try uh, that <laughs> And Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah. He's the one who brings that up. And as M.M. points out, he's still got it out for her. Whereas she's trying to just... Yeah, it's almost like he's right trying thing. to punish her. So yeah, it's like yeah, and he's yeah, he's he's making these like sly comments and she's quite right and quite quick to throw it back in his face and be like, Well, yeah, he, he may be an actor, but he didn't lie to me every day. Yeah. And he was all like, Oh no, that hurt and Annie apologizes and I was like, Don't don't apologize, Annie, he's being a dick. Yeah. And then at the end of the episode when she flat out practically begs him not to lie to her, he, he lies, lies to her. her. And yeah, he's he's a bit of an asshole. It's like, come on, apart like did you not learn? Like, I know Frenchie, or sorry, this I know This is not M. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I know M just told you to try and not get her any deeper yeah. into this stuff, and you did see like somebody's he does, head just explode. Yeah, he does try and talk her out of that a little bit when he's like, we need well, to, that's we why, need to yeah. put it on the back burner. And if, like, all he has to tell it do is say, you know, we went to see our contact. Well, he doesn't have to give her deep, he no, could, he just have to lie to her and give her no information. He could just say, something went down, and, and it's, it's quite dangerous, yeah. so I don't want you to go too fast with this. And that would probably be enough information for Annie. You know, yeah. she knows she can't tell him everything because when she asks where he's living and he makes the joke about Club Med and Ibiza, she kind of, she go, she laughs and doesn't push it any further. Yeah. Because she realizes, oh yeah, he probably can't tell me where he lives. She just wants to know that he's okay. Yeah. And he could say that, like, yeah, some shit went down, we're all okay, but things are hot right now, so cool off on this yeah. but no he just lies to her and yeah then after that Butcher shows up says daddy's home episode's pretty much over yeah so that's the first episode back for season two yeah. really enjoyed it thought it was a really strong opener there was some bits of that like the the time that bothered me a lot with the episode was that the the, the vague time frame um, well, if it had been like after because it doesn't look like there was any sort of natural progression of season or anything like that I um that bothered me because I I was like how long has it been it just so that, it just gave me no kind of solid grounding of what they might have had to have mm. so if we're doing a, if we're doing a, a a best and worst things about the episode that would have been your your least favorite yeah that least, just like, really it just really it just irked me for some reason I was like it, 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 like you said like for the superheroes. Like they're in the military and they're negotiating contracts, and it all seems quick. And but uh, and it seems quick. But then Stan makes the comment about while you were off at the Golden Globes, I was running around. We were, you know, trying to tidy up after you. Yeah. For the boys, it looks like it's been a couple of weeks. But where's yeah, Butcher been very... for all this time? Yeah, and as if you factor in the events of Butcher a short film, it doesn't seem it like would that. Imply long. that it's only a day or two. Yeah. Um, it just it, it unless he blacked out for about a week and a half in between seeing yeah, Becca and waking it, up in that parking lot. It was just very confusing. Yeah, favorite and bit I, of the episode. Favorite bit of the episode, Ashley. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> yeah, that no, that was a great bit. I think for me, as I was just saying, like two three minutes ago, Rainer. I don't know. I, I wanted yeah, no, more Rainer. I really wanted more Rainer. Um, I really enjoyed her in the first season, especially compared to the comics. Mm. I loved the the just bitterness and and vitriol between her and you're Richard. like the mold on my fucking laundry room tiles. Yeah, that that was. I think that was probably my least favorite bit of the episode was getting rid of her. 
for me, my favourite bit of the episode was Huey trying to stand up and Huey being like, no, fuck Butcher. We don't need Butcher. Mm. Because in the comics, Huey never never really gets that far until the very end of the comics. No. He has, like, he keeps t- saying things to Butcher like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be part of the violence. I don't want don't want to be strung along. I want to be let in on the deals. And then Butcher says, yeah, yeah I'll do it. And doesn't do it. And Huey just puts up with it. Yeah. Like, Huey does an awful no, lot of putting up with shit in the comics, but it was really nice to see him that it feels like Butcher leaving the boys behind at the end of season one was an unforgivable thing for Huey. Yeah. Like, that's what it really feels like. like oh, he's, yeah, just abandoning them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing like that in the comics, and it's really nice to see it from Huey that he is... He's loyal. Yeah, he's loyal to the boys, and he he knows... he feel, I feel like he thinks he's gotten Butcher's number now. Yeah. And Butcher's not in it to take down Vaughn. Butcher's not in it to do the right thing. Butcher's just in it for his own ends. Yeah, Butcher's in it to fuck over Homelander. And that, that I, I really like that growth within Huey. Mm. Apart from that, I think my favourite thing was just a little Vaughn news ticker showing the quotes before they actually said yeah, it. Yeah. Um, that was, I really liked yeah, that. Yeah, and, and special mention to the reenactment of the murder of Madeline Stilwell. Oh, oh bollocks, God. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Shut your trap, you dumb bird. Or I'll oh, bollocks, yeah. That was, yeah, that was great. Special shout out to that. That, that yeah, how they did that with the straight face. With, with, with actual Chris Hansen as well. Oh, yeah. But in fairness, Chris the, Hansen's dropped an awful lot in the old uh, yeah. totem pole. But the the TV spots are just as, as, as prevalent as yeah. they were in season one. Still, yeah, that they are mostly used for exposition, but that's what TV spots and TV shows are for. Yeah, and I do like as well a special mention for widening the the world of the superheroes because we got a few. We got Eagle the Archer, we got Blind Spot, we got Stormfront, we got a mention to Soldier Boy, we and got a mention nice. to Tech Knight, we got a mention to Big Game. So we're seeing a lot more mm. new characters, even if they are only in it briefly, like Blind Spot. Or Eagle the Archer has a bit more in the season. Yeah. But it's nice that we are getting to see the wider world of superheroes. And the various tiers of superheroes yeah. that it seems to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was great. Great opener for the mm. second season. A uh, couple of small things that we didn't like. But beyond that, yeah, no, really, really enjoyed it just yeah. as much as, as the first season. Anything else from you? Not really. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they go with this year. Because it, it doesn't seem to be as much... Like, it's the boys versus the seven. They're not teens anymore. They're all very much now established as individuals yeah, with their the own agendas, a lot more. Which, is, which is nice to see. It's a little bit of a change of pace. Yeah. But we'll see how things go uh, as we review the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, we are Monorants. You can find all our episodes on all the podcast things. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rantsmono or email us at monorantspodcast at gmail.com. No foot pictures, please. No foot pictures. Uh, or better yet, you can leave us a review on your podcasting platform Or you could send foot pictures to A-Train. D- I don't think no, we don't want to that, ask people to, to troll <laughs> stars of the show. <laughs> no, let's just ask where people ask for, like, start off simple. Leave us, leave us a review. <laughs> Whatever your podcasting platform of choice is. So thanks for listening, guys. Tune back in next week for a chat about Season 2's proper preparation and planning. Bye-bye.